Welcome to episode 68 of Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures, great and small, and the fantabulous professionals who look after them all. I'm your show host, Julie South. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is brought to you by Vet Staff, New Zealand's only recruitment agency dedicated to the veterinary sector. At Vet Staff, we believe that all vet med professionals like you deserve to work in a clinic of your dreams where you're respected and valued, and that vet clinic employers of choice deserve to attract and have the best highly motivated, proactive, enthusiastic and engaged vet med professionals working for them. So that's all at vetstaff.co.nz. This week, we are looking at what vet clinics need to do to navigate phase two of Omicron, what payment options you have for employees who get sick, and then a lesson that I learnt, which hurt a bit, last week. And as Shania Shania Twain would have said, didn't impress me much. My lesson, it was a bit of ouchy one. Anyway, at 11.59pm on Tuesday the 15th of February 2022, New Zealand officially moved into Phase 2 of the Omicron Response Framework. In short, this means that positive cases need to self-isolate for 10 days and can self-release after day 10 if no symptoms for 72 hours. Close contacts need to quarantine for seven for seven days with a test on day five. And rat testing is acceptable with PCR follow-up. That's for the general population. However, if you're a vet clinic who's registered as a critical service, and I hope you've done that, vaccinated team members can actually continue to work provided they're asymptomatic. Hopefully, by now, your clinic has registered itself as a critical service. This announcement came out last week as at recording, so this is all pretty new. It's important you register because it means that you can stay open for business should someone on your team be exposed to the virus. The registration process is being facilitated by MB and you can find it going to businessconnect.gov.nz. You'll need your Realme login to register. You don't have to register your clinic. It's not mandatory, but it will mean that you'll be able to have vaccinated employees who are deemed close contacts return to work while they're in their isolation period. If you don't register, then you'll be like other businesses, non-essential service businesses. If you don't register, you won't have the privilege of being able to have vaccinated employees who are deemed close contacts actually be at work. To register, you'll need to go to MB's Business Connect service and then you'll select the Close Contact Exemption Scheme Register. It takes about 20 to 30 minutes to complete and like I said, you'll need your Realme login so make sure that you have that and you know where to find your password before you start. 
The scheme allows vaccinated people working for critical businesses to be exempted from health orders, requiring them to self-isolate at home due to being close contacts. These conditions apply to vaccinated workers only, and they must follow certain public health rules and meet certain criteria. The exemption is only for attendance at the workplace. When you're not at work, you'll need to be at home, and it doesn't extend to going to the supermarket to get groceries. So you'll need to have, all of us, I guess, will need to have plans for that ahead of time so that our homes can stay functioning. Registering as a critical business means that your team can then access rats from government supplies. And to use rats as part of your scheme, you must be in asymptomatic close contact. As you probably already know, the symptoms are a new or a worsening cough, sneezing and running nose, fever, temporary loss of smell or altered sense of taste, a sore throat and shortness of breath. There are authorised rat suppliers nationwide. To find out where you can get your rat supplies, visit healthpoint.co.nz and there's a search option there by location. Once you enter your location, a list of authorised pharmacies show up. Hopefully by now you've formulated a plan B for what to do when, because it sounds more like it's going to be a case of when, not if, Omicron infects and impacts your immediate world. Not all clinics have mandated that all employees must be vaccinated. If you're in a clinic where there's a mix of vaccinated and unvaccinated, I believe, life according to Julie, you'll need to have a different plan to a clinic that's 100% vaccinated. Why? Because phase two critical worker conditions are applicable only to vaccinated workers, which means that when an unvaccinated team member is deemed a close contact, they must isolate at home, where a vaccinated close contact can still come to work. Everyone needs to consider how they're all going to support each other, vaccinated and unvaccinated. Clinics with unvaccinated employees are likely to be hit harder by staff shortages because only vaccinated clinics, like I've said, only vaccinated employees, sorry, like I've said, will be able to work through an isolation period. Apart from attendance considerations, you'll also need to plan around. You're going to have to stay open and function. The other thing is to formulate how you're going to pay people when they're sick. An old vet told my father when he was a student in Glasgow, he said, uh, if you want to be a success in veterinary practice, just keep the bowels open and trust the rest to God. Nutrition's not an opinion, it's a science. They called me that weird herbal needle vet, and I, I just remember thinking, well, I'm still going to do it, because I know it works, and I've got the research to back it. From reminiscences of the real James Herriot's son, to pet nutrition, to acupuncture, the Vet Podcast discusses current animal health issues from around the world. I'm veterinarian Brian Gregor from New Zealand. Just search for the Vet Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. 
It's highly likely that Omicron is going to seriously eat into everyone's sick leave entitlements. Remember, sick leave entitlement increased last year from five days to 10 days per annum. But in the world of Omicron, that's not really long. So how is paying people who are going to get sick going to work? Firstly, if an employee has COVID-19 and is unwell, they'll be able to use any sick leave entitlement that they have left. Given that the Holidays Act provides for only 10 days of sick leave per year, this may not be enough to cover everyone for everything that they need. Any further absence due to sick leave would then be unpaid unless the employee's employment agreement provides otherwise or the employer agrees to continue payment. It becomes especially tricky when the employee isn't actually unwell, but they're required to remain away from their clinic as a result of government mandates. There's a general legal principle that an employer is required to pay an employee if they are, quote, ready, willing and able, unquote, to work. In recent cases brought by employees who couldn't work from home during the lockdowns, the Employment Relations Authority found that employers were obliged to continue paying employees in this context because they were able to work despite the fact that the employees, employers couldn't provide it. The same principle will likely apply where a vet clinic requests that an employee stays away from the clinic based on their own risk assessment as opposed to a government-mandated requirement. In this instance, the clinic would need to continue payment unless otherwise agreed. Further, the clinic cannot direct the employee to take annual leave unless they have complied with the requirement to give 14 days notice. The situation is different where the workplace remains open and the employer can provide work as in the case of being registered as a critical workplace but the employee isn't able to attend due to self-isolation or quarantine requirements. While the scenario hasn't yet been considered by the courts, the legal opinion is it's strongly arguable that the employer would not have to pay the employee as they're not, quote, ready, willing and able to work. I'm sure there are going to be a few cases where this happens because this scenario could apply to unvaccinated team members. It's going to be interesting There have already been plenty of cases where employees have sought redress through the courts, through vaccine mandates. And it's likely that these will be ratcheted up some more when those who are still able to work but can't are affected. So if you find yourself in this case, you need to contact your trusted legal advisor. Not me. I'm not a legal advisor. You can trust me, but I'm not a legal advisor. So please make sure that you've got all your I's dotted and T's crossed on both sides of the fence as an employer and an employee. Regarding support payments, it looks like work and income still has the leave support scheme up and running. 
Although whether this is going to apply going forward, when more people are going to be impacted, who knows? You can find out more about this at workandincome.gov.nz and check out the COVID-19 resources. Let's change tack a bit. If you don't visit the New Zealand Vet Council website very often, you may not realise that there's a whole bunch of resources there for clinics that are updated in a pretty timely manner and available for anyone to access. One of those resources is feedback from a clinic that had a positive COVID-19 case in one of its team members. In this case, there were several other staff members who were designated as being close contacts, which meant they too had to isolate. I'll put the link on the show notes page, which is episode 68 at pawsclawswetnoses.fm, so you can refer to it in writing if you want. But here's what the clinic reported. The clinic implemented good quality infection control processes and procedures. They used appropriate PPE, including K95 masks, which they believe helped to limit the impacts on the wider team and the business operations. Workplace bubbles and physical distancing where possible were limited to the number of st- or limited the number of staff who were designated as close contacts. One thing to look out for this clinic mentioned were tea and break rooms. These are spaces where people will always be considered close contacts of an infected person. If you haven't thought about meeting with other vet clinics near you to come up with a plan C, that's a plan that kicks in if you cannot manage your own plan B independently of another clinic to stay in business. Well, now's the time to do that. Yes, in normal times, that clinic down the road is more likely your direct competitor. But we've been out of normal now for two years coming up two years, and the normal we're in now is going to change yet again. And there's actually a term called co-optition, and it's short for cooperative competition. It's actually good for competitive businesses to join forces to prosper. And recent examples of this are Pfizer and BioNTech, to develop one of the COVID vaccines that we're using right now. Back in 2019, Samsung and Apple, bitter arch enemies, formed what's been dubbed as the Unthinkable Partnership. And that was for Apple to deliver content on Samsung TVs. So if you haven't done it already, I really highly recommend that neighborhood clinics get together to think about a strategy that enables you all to stay in business through 2022 without any casualties. If you're unsure, the best place to find info as it relates to vet clinics is the New Zealand Vet Council website at vetcouncil.org.nz. Because as a critical service, as essential workers, vet clinics have special conditions that fall outside non-critical services. The Vet Council has been working with MPI and MB and other agencies to find out what all this means for vet clinics. So check them out regularly because any vet clinic can do so. 
and make sure you read all the emails that they send out. With New Zealand's borders opening up here at Vetstaff, we've upped the ante on our international marketing campaigns again. And unless you're running a VPN, it's unlikely you'll see what we're up to because we're running in the Northern Hemisphere. We've targeted just about every country there's a veterinary science degree that's recognised by the New Zealand Vet Council for full registration. If you'd like to benefit from these campaigns, then please get in touch because clinics that are registered with us exclusively gets first dibs on interviewing these vets after we've done all their interviews and background checks. So talking about that lesson that I had, let's talk about it. Last year, this is a bit of a side a side avenue, but it does lead to my lesson, I promise. Talking about digital marketing campaigns, last year I received an invitation from a PR and digital marketing agency in Hamilton to attend a podcasting lunch. It was how to use podcasts for digital marketing. Even though I've been podcasting since long before podcasting was even a recognized term, I thought it'd go along because I'm always up for learning new things in new ways. It turns out, though, that this digital marketing agency doesn't actually have a podcast of their own, but they thought they'd still run this lunchtime workshop and bring in a sound tech to talk about the techie stuff. Because we were still in lockdown, they ended up running the web as a webinar instead of an in-person event. Someone in the audience asked how much it cost for this agency to start a podcast for their small business. The agency went on about how it wasn't possible for someone to record, produce and promote their own show because there were just too many moving parts and that's why you needed this marketing agency to do it for you. They threw some numbers around and it turns out that if you use them, then this is the agency that believes in podcasting so much that they don't even have a show of their own and you wanted to run a weekly podcast like Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, it would cost you in the region of $2,000 per episode. Whoa. And that's just to create the show. Promotion of it is additional. Last week, here's the lesson. Last week, this very same PR and digital marketing agency got in touch with me again. They politely asked how my podcast was going. That was the opening conversation. And then they asked whether they could buy an hour or so of my time because they wanted to pick my brains because they'd been approached by a vet clinic that wanted this agency to run a digital marketing campaign to attract vets. The agency said they wanted to make sure they got the voice right and would I share what I knew because... They wanted to get that voice right. They didn't know themselves. And then the icing on the cake was they would be sure to recommend vet staff as a recruitment agency to their clients. Well, okay. I got to say that I was a bit shocked and surprised. I was shocked and surprised because I wasn't sure why a vet clinic would go to a PR and digital marketing agency and not come to us. Obviously, they thought, this is the, the vet clinic, that all we did was flick CVs off to clinics when we received them. 
this vet clinic and maybe your vet clinic as well doesn't know that for us when a clinic works with us because they want to be seen as an employer of choice we do a whole bunch more than just flick them a CV. When a clinic wants to work with us, we do the digital marketing campaigns that this PR agency does. You don't need to hire a swanky, really high-priced PR agency to run a campaign for you. Where they'll charge you for the market research by coming to us, that they'll have to undertake to do it right. We are the research. We know what we're talking about. We can do it for you. We're working with some fantastic clinics in this way right now. And we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too, if that's what you'd like. So if this sounds like something you'd like to do, then please get in touch. The lesson for me was thinking that vet clinics just think that we are the same as every recruitment agency. That hurt a bit. So we're not. We do more than that. This is Julie South inviting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous version of you that you can be. Thank you for listening. Kakati ano. God bless. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, vet staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz. 